Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. We did order one of these cribs and it does like all the stuff. It shakes the baby to sleep. It uses like AI to detect like when the baby is stirring to help like gently rock them back to sleep before they like fully wake up. Um, it can monitor how well they're sleeping and uh, it, the, the bar on top has a built-in camera for a baby monitor that'll send you alerts for crying and motion and whatever else you want to program it to do. Hello there and welcome to a very, very special episode of iPad Pros. So this episode is being released in celebration of me becoming a first-time dad. She arrived some eight and a half weeks early to the surprise of everybody in the wee hours of Saturday, October 2nd, and thankfully everyone is very healthy and the little one is getting 24-hour one-on-one care with the great NICU and is doing great. And as joked about a bit in this episode, I am very tired, but did manage to catch up on sleep a bit last night. So this episode is all about baby tech and baby photography. And joining me in on this discussion is another expectant first-time dad, Andrew O'Hara from Apple Insider. Another episode to check out is the October 3rd episode of the HomeKit Insider podcast, where Andrew and his wife Faith recorded an episode touch on some similar topics plus the amazon event announcements with that said a reminder that you can support this podcast over at patreon.com slash ipad pros for as little as a dollar a month or directly in the apple podcast app by subscribing either monthly or yearly every dollar is greatly appreciated and really does help with the production of the show and i'm already starting to understand the true value of time as a new dad so Your support really does mean a lot. And thanks to everyone that currently or has in the past supported the show there. With that said, here's my discussion with Andrew, all about baby tech and baby photography. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew. Thank you. So um, I overheard on HomeKit Insider, which you're uh, a co-host on, uh, in the off week um, when your co-host was not there, you had someone from The Verge on. And uh, I overheard uh, you are also expecting a little one uh, a little bit sooner than I am. This is true. This is true. So very yeah, soon. Very soon. Yeah. So uh, we're recording this September twenty sixth. Um, what's your what's uh, your little one's due date? Uh, it is expected on the uh, the sixth of October. Okay, <laughs> it's like in a, a week, right? <laughs> Basically, just a little longer than a week. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay, wow. So, uh, yeah, so I wanted to record a couple of these uh, podcasts uh, for my like maternity leave, so I don't have to worry about uh, <laughs> recording and editing. Uh, and and our, our due date is the end of November, early December, so a little bit more time. Um, but, uh, this episode, uh, episode out of time as, as Cortex would say is, uh, is all about, uh, you know, the preparations involving technology for a newborn child that we are both, both now kind of final preparation time here. Um, so, uh, before we dive into all that, um, can you kind of share a little bit about your background? You, you work for Apple Insider and kind of what's your relationship to iPad and, Uh, yeah. So, uh, I work for Apple Insider. I've been there for a number of years now. Uh, always kind of been, uh, somewhat in the space, whether it was through like my degree at school or, um, I worked for iDownload blog before that and then just doing random tech videos 
on my own and always just kind of been running around the space doing something. And then I've been here basically full time for a while running our video channel, co-hosting uh, HomeKit Insider. Uh, iPad has a, a whole thing. It's it's one of my favorite products that, that Apple has done. I just have all these like really fond memories of like both my grandfathers, one has since passed away, but like that first iPad coming out, all three of us like in line at Best Buy on launch day and then them taking turns going to the car to get warm for a few minutes because <laughs> it was pretty cold here in Ohio on that first launch day. Um, and yeah, I've kept up with it ever since. I still, I use it for a ridiculous amount of stuff at this point. It still does not suit me well enough for video production, but yeah. uh, for pretty much everything else, uh, it's it's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, it's come a long way since then. But yeah, uh, you know, LumaFusion does a lot and Multicam's coming soon. But it's still Final Cut and Premiere and all those that step up. Yeah, and I just, honestly, I want to be able to move my libraries between each other really seamlessly and not have kind of different controls between devices. Like, there's so much I do on my Mac and I would love to be able to take just an SSD and plug it into my iPad, pull up my Final Cut library, mm, use the same yeah. stuff, have like effects and everything saved. And just be able to move between freely between yeah. Mac and iPad. And right now we're just not there yet. Yeah, no. So um, as John Syracuse says, preparing the way, uh, what kind of uh, technology have you um, purchased uh, to get ready, if, if any? Or was this stuff you already had um, in the house through HomeKit Insider and testing out uh, tech there? Uh, it's, it's a bunch of different baskets on uh, what we have what we are getting, we've ordered, kind of everything in between. And some of it is uh, kind of like you said, stuff we already have, uh, stuff from my smart home, a lot of home kit gear we have. For sure, we'll have like basic things like temperature sensors and things like that. Um, I did swap out uh, or will be swapping out the uh, the switches in the room. So it right now has a, a two-gang like switch box for the ceiling fan and the lights. So I'm going to put in smart ones to be able to control those um, dimmer and everything so we can be able to not have like super brightness in the room, Yeah, which will be nice to have. And then uh, control the ceiling fan. I can just imagine like sitting in like the chair, my wife's in the chair, wanting to turn off the lights and you already sat down with the baby in your arms. <laughs> like, um, okay. So be able to solve problems like that before they become yeah. problems. <laughs> um, we have a, a fancy little bassinet that'll, you know, shake the baby or something. So, uh, oh yeah, I've heard thing. about those. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a whole range of them. I'll have I'm sure I have I'll have a few reviews up on Apple Insider when I know what actually works and yeah. what is just a lot of marketing fluff. Right. Um, we'll see where the the cost per cry <laughs> reduced comes in. Yeah, some of those get uh, they're up with like like the two thousand dollar range for some of those I've seen. Yeah. Well, the biggest one that we got is the um, what's it called. The cradle wise crib, which is which is a, a very uh, expensive thing, but I was very excited to do a review on it, and partially because I had met this woman years ago at CES, and sh- and the founder, she was just amazingly kind to me, and would always talk to me and stuff. So when we knew we were having a baby, um, if we ordered it like early enough, we could get a discount on it and everything. Yeah. So we did order one of these cribs and it does like all the stuff. It shakes the baby to sleep. It uses like AI to detect like when the baby is stirring to help like gently rock them back to sleep before they like fully wake up. (laughs) Um, It can monitor how well they're sleeping. And uh, the the bar on top has a built-in camera for a baby monitor that'll send you alerts for crying and motion and whatever else you want to program it to do. Uh, all that kind of stuff. And compared to the bassinets, it, it'll work from as a bassinet from like as soon as they're born, but all the way up through like two years of age. 
So it's not like a six month thing oh, that nice. you can only use as a bassinet. It'll it'll run through their first two years. So I thought that was a lot more value than some of the expensive uh, plain bassinets that are out there. Yeah, yeah, we have a just dumb bassinet that um, our cat thinks is for her naturally. All the all the baby <laughs> things are little kitten things are toys oh, for her we've had to keep the door closed and then our one cat is still like sticking his paw into there trying to <laughs> shake the door down because he really wants in there yeah there's a comfy chair there's mm-hmm. little bassinets all of it he wants yeah and um so with the replacing the light switches and things one of the coolest things that apple added a couple years ago was the automations based on a, a baby crying and uh, I have like an extra iPad set up in the room. And if the baby cries, it can just dim up the lights so we can see enough to attend. And then um, I, I thought that's just, it's a really cool thing. Like uh, these sound automations, that's like, that, I can yeah, do stuff I with them now. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you played around with much in the automation realm or you kind of address that as needs come up? Right now, my plan is as needed because I, I don't know how this baby is going to be, and I've not, you <laughs> yeah. know, owned a baby before, so no. I don't know. Yeah, this is first time yeah. for both of us on this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's totally guessing, and I think as as you know, it arrives and we start kind of figuring things out, then I'll program some automations to to match, you know, kind of our lives and everything. But I can't think of too many particular things like basically like a status light or something of when the baby like needs you but i'm also going to get those alerts through apps so i don't know if i need an extra status light or anything right. like that to trigger um and the fact that like the things like the the crib will already start to respond without having to set up an automation kind of like because i could see people like okay maybe they start playing some white noise or something when the baby starts to stir uh, or cry to try to have that lull them back to sleep or anything yeah. but i don't even have to worry about those so right. I don't know what other automations that I'll need to set up, at least right now. Yeah. No, that sounds right. Yeah. One thing I'm wondering, so HomeKit Insider, you probably see a lot of HomeKit stuff. Is there like just a dumb button that I can press to have like all the lights in our room just turn off? Like we don't need to grab our phone. There's just like a button. I want it like a, bu- a programmable button. Does that, <laughs> does that exist? It does exist. It does exist. There are, there are a few of them. Um uh, depending on your preferences. So Eve has just called like the Eve button. Uh, it's got a, a aluminum edge, chamfered ridge around the front, black glossy front with a circle on it. Um, it's like a press, double press, or hold to do okay. different things. So it could be one press for on, double press for off, or um, maybe one press for on, two for half brightness, hold it to turn off, whatever you want to program yeah. it as, uh, or shortcuts, anything. And then you could get uh, the Wemo uh, stage scene controller is very nice. That's a thread-enabled controller. So still similar to a button, but what's nice about the, the stage scene controller is, aside from thread, which is very nice, but it can also be mounted on the wall, and then it magnetically holds there. So you can like mount it on the wall. When you walk in, you can grab it Ooh. and bring it with you. Yeah. Maybe you sit down in a rocking chair or something, and then mount it up when you're done. So it may help you know, not misplace it, uh, stuff like that. And it looks more like a kind of like a little smaller than the old school white Apple remotes, um, something like that. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, because I could see light control being one and like a playlist that's on shuffle for maybe a different kind of button setup. Yeah, I guess the other thing we did do in the room, we um, we put um, smart shades oh, because nice. I did not want to have to worry about that and opening and closing those all the time and putting yeah. that on a schedule so you can have it you know, close whenever you go in and there's uh, their Lutron. So we have like the Pico remote on the wall. 
So you can use that, and there's like a preset for like halfway down or something. So that makes it a little bit easier, and they're blackout shades. Before we just had filtering shades, now they're fully blackout. So if it needs to take a nap in the middle of the day or something, you can close them, and it's basically dark. Very cool. And then uh, you mentioned baby monitoring is all done through the fancy crypt, which will be smart. Um, my approach, at least to start, this may change. I, I'm trying the Neatmo indoor cam that uh, you can set up with Ethernet. And that's one of the few products that, like, like smart cameras, there's, like, this is the only one that was Ethernet. <laughs> like, every, like, we're in a Wi-Fi world, basically, as far as all the smart stuff, it would appear. Is that pretty much how it is right now? I mean... Yeah, it seems like it. Um, the other one, um, they're 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 not Ethernet. They're for sure Wi-Fi. But I'm going to be testing out. I think the Nanit. Okay. Is yep. that a brand uh, thing? I'm, so I'm going to do one of those. I think. And we also have the the Owlet with the camera and the sock type situation. Okay. So going to try that too. That's a that's a really nice baby monitor camera wise. Um, I, I did open that up a little bit and play with it and everything, and that looks really cool. And it has extra things that some of the other baby monitors didn't have. Like, it already had ambient sensors in the room for uh, temperature and humidity and stuff like that, like, kind of built into, like, the power cable. Yeah. So it could be at a, a, a perfect spot for it. And it has a whole set of, like, mounting guards to mount it to the wall so you could mount it higher up like above your crib or whatever so that seemed like a really nice one too yeah the mounting's gonna be like the, the challenge like where do you put this stuff and like and all yeah and i guess like at the beginning at least we'll probably be up there and not need really a monitor because we'll be kind of in the room the whole time but as mm-hmm. we're as uh, she's sleeping and we're downstairs that's when we'll start to need that kind of stuff and most most of the baby specifically geared stuff are in their own kind of app versus uh, being a part of HomeKit. Which yeah, is so I, that's why I'm definitely going to have um, probably like the Eve Room too or whatever in there because I do want to have that flexibility. I do want to be able to see that as at a glance in HomeKit, and I do want to be able to program those alerts. Like you can program those alerts through Outlet and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be able to get like the smart home alerts, and maybe I want to kick on um, a humidifier. Yeah, you know, if it gets really dry in there. I can automate with a smart plug and humidifier to go that route. So I can set up those automations as I need, but we'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, that's something you guys mentioned on the home kit insider podcast uh, this week. Uh, besides the uh, nursery home kit, uh, things, which is a, a good opener. Um, but, uh, humidifiers aren't really, there's a category for them, but you have the oil things <laughs> that like the oil of, diffusers. That's that, what we have. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we have for those, uh, yeah, we actually got like a warm humidifier thing that like heats the water up. Um, um, and then, we, yeah, we can throw that on the smart outlet to program that. And then our thermostat for the upstairs is in our like bedroom where um, she'll be at. So we'll be able to, through that, see the humi- hu- uh, humidity in the room and temperature, which is nice. Yeah, that's another thing. It's like, worry about humidity. <laughs> it's like, that's a thing, I guess. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yep, that's what they well i didn't even realize it until i was like at i think i said this on the home insider but i like walked down the baby aisle um at like target or something and there's like 10 humidifiers i was like a, this seems like a big deal apparently you need a humidifier because there's a whole lot of them in here so and you, yeah i so gotta worry about that yeah yeah um mobile um mobile monitoring like when you're out and about like going to a friend's house is that something you've investigated yet as far as just like having an audio thing or a camera set up like i know they have the the devices that are like local to local it's not even internet based yeah that's been something that we've been very much debating 
because we sit and I mean, we have like a, you know, fire pit and stuff outside. So if we want to be outside, uh, and the baby sleeping, we want to be able to still check in on things and stuff like that. And we go back and forth, like, okay, should we go with something that's like an RF? That's a, a you know, local bandwidth that's just kind of connecting, uh, to itself. Or do we want to go with something that's Wi-Fi based where we can get video and all those. And my immediate problem with the Wi-Fi based ones or the internet based ones that I had looked at that were just like the generic ones mm-hmm. um, or HomeKit ones, they don't have the 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 baby alerts essentially. Right. You can trigger for motion, but not the crying and those things. So yeah, you'd have to set up a different automation for those yeah. or whatever. But then when you go through an actual baby one, like Outlet is Wi-Fi based, but you can set up alerts for movement and for crying. So I can get those alerts as well as changes in temperature and all of that. So for us, it'll probably be like the outlet, the Nanit one is is similar in how mm-hmm. they do it, but they have like both options, I think, uh, in their portfolio. And the cradle-wise too, it it is purely uh, Wi-Fi based. So that'll give us the remote monitoring on that. Yeah. And then when you're on the go, like my, my conundrum is like, you get that connected to like a, a guest network kind of thing, or I guess you can tether <laughs> it to a hotspot from your phone or... I think with those, we haven't gotten a portable setup yet. I think as we see what our needs are, we'll discover. I don't know because the, the it, Wi-Fi just seems like it can be fickle, and having like the local one it seems like just so much more reliable. Like you can just hear that one hundred percent that audio stream the entire time on baby sleeping, and the yeah. moment they make a noise, you can hear it. So like that seems more reliable. Whereas if you have the camera ones, you're really hoping that there's no issues or delays in a noise that the baby makes it's getting detected and sending to you, then you have to spin up a live camera feed to check what's going on. That just seems more, more steps, more parts that can go wrong versus that really reliable local stream, but you get less information and less range. So pros and cons of, of each. Yeah. And then, um, the app world, there are, feels like thousands of baby apps out there. And, um, what's your approach on kind of like, um, the baby apps and like for me, I'm looking at the privacy reports and some of them are very scary. So I'm opting for some of the ND developers <laughs> that have less scary privacy reports. Uh, it's like so the one I'm I think we're gonna be using for most of the tracking with feedings and diapers and stuff is is called Mango Baby and there's all these awesome shortcuts. So I, I have on my home screen um, these little app icons for Mango Baby. It's like uh, a diaper and I hit that it like tells me what kind of diaper it is and then there's uh you know timers for um feeding and all that so it's really nice to shortcut integration with that but what's your approach been so far with with apps um I nothing nothing okay every (laughs) each of these things has their own apps and they're already pulling so much information so I haven't kind of dove into additional apps because like app like outlet uh it gives you so much information about the status of your baby how much they're moving um you know, how long they were asleep, if they were restless, if it was a good sleep or a light sleep, uh, all of that information, plus their temperature and, and all that kind of stuff. You have, you know, baby thermostats that are syncing through your phone and logging all that information and tracking it. And then you've got uh, CradleWise has its own data to go along with it. So these apps already pull in a bunch of other stuff. I think we're going to have, um, for pumping, I think we will have a the one we're going to use has an app as well, which will track uh, like production as well as feedings and stuff like that to go along with. 
So that'll have that in there. Oh, that's cool. So the actual pump, the pump is like Bluetooth connecting to an app to like tell you yeah i think the one we're going to use the or at least going to try is willow okay it's not the it's a portable one versus like the suitcase one there's crazy ones um, there's like there's like medical grade like two thousand dollar pumps out there it's it's a wild world of, of that. yeah it sure <laughs> is so it, we, i i don't know well, obviously everything's just gonna be playing it by ear yeah I, yeah a lot of this is going to be audibles <laughs> <laughs> right. I would like we're talking about this and we have we have no idea. Yeah, how I kind of want to do a follow up podcast like early 2023 just to like what's happened. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, turns out so wrong, so wrong. <laughs> Don't do any of this. Basically, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Are you guys planning on uh, tracking like diaper usage and all that stuff, or just kind of uh, playing it by? It's like baby's gonna gonna use diapers and we'll just go through them. And- I. I don't know. Maybe yeah. uh, now I'm worried. I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, I probably probably should do that. I'm gonna have a yeah. I'll, I already wrote down the name of your mango baby because that sounded like it would be cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna download that and check that out. I love indie developers because they have so most of them like actual indie devs are not out there like to sell your data. Whereas some some of the the middle companies that are large enough to have like a good following but not big enough to be able to to say no to selling data like those ones are the ones that are scary and uh yeah so a a lot of the indie devs i have a lot of a lot of indie dev apps but uh they're also really quick to add things like shortcuts like you mentioned with the mango baby yeah and i contacted them they're gonna add the dynamic island for uh breastfeeding timers which that sounds great which i'm not sure like the time like i understand tracking like when you do the feedings but I guess it's important to know how long you're doing it for. Just for, I don't know. I, my feeling is she'll eat until she's done eating. And I don't know. I, I, I got, I don't know. This is a new world. <laughs> Where's my wife? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. She probably knows more about it than I do. All I can do is try to, try to help and support team. Yep. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I guess, uh, you probably have a home pod in the room that is like is dark noise or some kind of like sound app a thing that you guys will utilize you think right now no so okay. uh the cradle wise i believe can play white noise and songs and stuff like that so i'll i'll first turn to that the the reason why the reason why is because i want more home pod minis but there's all these persistent rumors that a new one is imminent, whether it is this year or early. And like a mid-tier one even, too. Yeah. Yes. So in in a case like that, little baby can have the old HomePod mini <laughs> while I upgrade the studio to this new you know, mid-tier one yeah. or something like that. If they did come out with one with a screen, that's going in our kitchen. Again, that HomePod mini needs to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, and... They're such a low-cost product that even selling them isn't super worth it. Like, no. I'd almost rather just keep them or put them in stereo pairs for the ability to... I mean, what? You're going to get, like, 40 bucks for it or something? Right. Because if they go on sale for usually 80 you're mm-hmm. going to have, you know, a certain amount of depreciation um, for use and everything. I think you're going to get 40 bucks. It's probably not worth it. No, you might as well it. keep it and put it in some other room. Yeah, and then go pay some eBay yet. fees or some nonsense crap like that. And yeah, so you probably keep them. So I have put off buying any new HomePod minis because of that. Yeah. I, th- I, I think there's going to be new ones coming. And once there are new ones, I'm definitely going to be putting in probably one in the baby room because I think it would be helpful for stuff like yeah. that. 
I really want Apple to um, program in surround sound uh, Apple TV HomePods where you can have minis behind you and tell it where it is. Uh, that seems like a no-brainer feature for them right? to do one day. I mean, if Sonos is out there with its TruePlay stuff that they've had for years that works so well, I'm surprised that Apple does not have its own version of TruePlay tuning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Apple TV integration is I mean, cool, but they could do more. Now they scan your ears for HomePods, <laughs> right. but they can't like, you know, listen in your living room for for a precise 3D placement. Mm-hmm. Seems like slacking. Yeah. Yeah, kind of wild. Um, so one of the last big things um I think to cover is the photo strategy and cameras and that whole world. I got the 14 Pro Max and that uh, from the 12 mini. That camera is bonkers and I've been Having a lot of fun shooting Pro Raw. What a swing. What a swing. <laughs> I'm going to go with the smallest phone to the biggest phone. I like to live in the um, the extremities, uh, with extremes, uh, you know. <laughs> The middle size. I've never had a middle size phone. I've had the um, I had the 5s, then the 6 plus, then the original SE, then the 12 mini, now the 14 Pro Max. So I, you know, I, okay. Yeah. I don't know. All these. I'm psyched now for an iPhone 15 Ultra. All those little rumors trickling yeah. out. The Periscope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got that. You got dual front facing cameras. It sounds like Apple could basically use this as the opportunity to give the iPhone some of the high-end features that it has put off doing for a mainstream device. So I'm kind of like yeah. hoping. I mean, I have the 14 Pro here, but I will 100% get this 15 old. Yeah, my, my phone basically just lives in my little um, water fuel bag. Uh, my wife calls it my purse. It's great in here. No case. Just throw it in there. It's good to go. I can toss it around. Um, I was doing that with the Mini, too, and I realized one day it's like I rarely... I mean, my mini's occasionally in my pocket, but most times it's just my purse. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, why not? And then I have these. Uh, I got the MagSafe uh, clicker grip thing, and this thing's amazing to just like hold on to. It's super strong. So, um, yeah, I have the pop socket one around here. Yeah, I'm embracing big phone life thing. <laughs> Do you have a traditional camera? Or are you all in on iPhone uh, photography? We've got. My wife is. Um, more of a photog than I am in terms of like real cameras. She definitely runs around with uh, her big Nikon. So I have, I shoot on the Z seven for video production for AI. Mm-hmm. Um, Faith shoots primarily on uh, Nikon Z six, slightly smaller version, just slightly lower resolution. Um, megapixel count, like 24, mm-hmm. uh, 23 or something versus like 48 on my Z seven. And we recently got the ZFC which is like a retro themed uh, portable mirrorless, like meant for like kind of travel and everything, yeah. but it still has the the benefits of mirrorless, uh, interchangeable lenses and all that stuff. So, uh, but it is a crop sensor. So you got those downsides. Uh, so like when we're looking at like putting it together, our go bags, like the hospital and stuff, for sure, the Nikon is coming. We'll, we'll take, I'm sure a million photos with our phones. And I like so much stuff on the new phones, like the improved low light performance is pretty big. Uh, yeah. Even in my small testing so far, it's been a massive upgrade from even the 13 Pros. So I think that's going to be really nice to have. But a lot of this is going to be shot on the Nikon, which does have like the Nikon SnapBridge app. So she can shoot on there and then just uh, connect it to her phone and transfer really quickly and do any edit she wants, um, which would be on iPad. She does a lot of her edits on iPhone or iPad. Um, she rarely cracks open the Mac these days. Is she Lightroom, Pixelmator Photo, Darkroom? What's her preferred uh, app there? Oh, man. She goes through. She has a lot of apps. 
yeah. that she uses for specific purposes. And I'm sure most of the apps can probably, there's probably so much crossover and she has the, her preferences for each different thing that she's doing or what she's trying to add or change in a photo. She does use, um, a good amount of Lightroom, mm-hmm. And then, um, I, I know she's used Darkroom before. She used Pixel, Pixel before. I can't remember all the other apps that she has. It's like Raw Power is another popular one in here. Yeah, Darkroom's magic ability is you can edit a live photo and it doesn't wipe out the live photo elements when you re-export it mm-hmm. back into your library. So that's the... If I'm doing a live photo edit, that's where I'm going. I also like that with um, with Darkroom is you have that... And other apps do this too, but the granular control over the different parts of a portrait photo. Now mm. that portrait photos are getting so good and you can't really tell as much that they're done digitally, yeah. being able to more granularly control those things is awesome. So it's like depth masking, I think. Is that what yeah. it's doing? Yeah. Yep. And then you can apply, you can adjust just the background, I think now just the foreground, and then the subject. So you have a lot more control over like you know exposures and everything like that yeah and yeah pixel is coming at go to right now just uh, the interface that seems like a good pairing for what i need most of the time and i've tried out lightroom my photos end up much more edited because there's so many more tools like ooh, i can do this and they look <laughs> so different when i use lightroom because you can yeah i don't i'm lazy i just if i'm shooting on my phone i'm gonna edit it right in the default photos app yeah. Um, maybe use a photo extension or something if I need mm-hmm. to like retouch or whatever, but pretty much just in photos. And then I'm going to, if I'm going to do more, I'm going to open it on my iPad or my Mac inside of Affinity Photo and go from there. But that's like a lot more editing if I'm going to do it. Yeah. Affinity, Affinity and Photoshop are both like, they seem almost like different. They're both meant for photos, but they seem like much more bigger hammers than like the photography focus like there's a difference from like photoshop and affinity versus like a fit like pixelmator photo and lightroom which are like photography focused i, I don't know there's a difference there i'm not quite it's sure for like it. for adjusting adjusting a photo versus like editing a photo yeah i guess yeah like you, you know fair. your filters and and balances and all that versus getting in there and <laughs> really really tinkering and <laughs> masking layers and all of that yeah and um shared photo library could not be launching at a better time for us i must say <laughs> right well it's got to get here i know it's gonna be a little bit, uh, behind for for you guys yeah i'm gonna make faith get to the beta just so that we can have that <laughs> shared library i know um that'll be really handy yeah do you guys store everything in iCloud photo library or do you um like with the raws and the real cameras do you have like the edited jpegs and iCloud and like the bigger file formats elsewhere um pretty yeah pretty much everything in iCloud we've got the the two terabyte which we are starting to get close to so i might have to upgrade to the four terabyte option yeah we're bumping um, up too that, that's that's the scary thing it's uh, like apple one's the only way to get four i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have no problem with Apple One because I already used everything in it. The only thing I don't use regularly is Apple Arcade. But I'm in Apple News all the time. Faith is doing Apple Fitness the entire time, which has been um, amazing during the pregnancy because they have all Mm. those pregnancy-focused classes. Oh, yeah. um, Which has been super helpful for her because she was doing her regular, you know, HIIT classes and cycling classes and... You, there was a point where she started to be able to have to adjust things mm-hmm. and even they'd have like regular classes, but they'd have those modifications and they'd start to be putting, um, you know, a pregnant trainer in those modifications. So she could follow along with them, uh, even in regular hit classes and just do the modified ones. So I think all that helped 
quite a bit. So yeah, we were using Apple Fitness, Apple News, um, iCloud Storage, Apple Music we had, uh, Apple TV Plus for sure. So especially after we lost like that one year of free Apple TV Plus. I've got TV Plus to glory. I think I'm set till 2024. I've had all these... Prom- I got the PS5 promotion, like... And then T-Mobile's oh, yes, giving yeah, us free TV forever, I guess. So I don't even have to worry about those. Like, and then Apple Music, I just pay yearly, um, and then I do the two terabyte plan. Um, so it will be more, but uh, eventually I'll bite that bullet. Um, and then uh, did get uh, the baby shower gift uh, from a brother. This uh, Sony uh, ZV E10. It's like it's, okay. It's like it's like a mid-range, like seven hundred dollar body. Um, I have no lenses for it, so. Not it's USB C. It seems like it has good reviews. Um, my brother seemed to. Th- I asked him. He does a fair bit of photography stuff. It seemed like it's a camera that you don't need to take a class to be able to operate and get, get good results out of. Which I think <laughs> probably a good thing for me. It's probably that's probably good. And I mean, like these Nikon's that we have, um, they don't even have like auto modes. Like everything about them is manual, which is is good. Sometimes you want to have like an auto mode, yeah, basically. But at this point, my wife and I are comfortable enough with them that we're we're pretty quick to adjust what we need to. But if we need an auto mode of something, that's what the phones are there for. So yeah. And then my conundrum is, uh, what lenses uh, do I start out looking for? Uh, what what I know, like eventually, I want a super big telephoto thing. But what are your kind of lens recommendations as a starter set? For me, if I was looking at this right now, like what I'm taking to the hospital is my wide aperture prime. Um, your subject is not moving no. very much. No. Uh, you're not going to need to zoom at all. Nope. So what I would be looking for is just beautiful background bokeh. So I would be getting like something like even if you a little bit cheaper and go like an F two four, um, go down to like an F um one eight would be good. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to take in my 35 millimeter F one eight. That's going to be our go to lens for all this baby stuff. Uh out of the gate yeah and then once they're running around and doing sports that's when you need the telephoto <laughs> yeah i because then we'll, then we're definitely gonna need to upgrade something because the other one we have now for those cameras that uh, i switch between that f18 for all the video stuff and then if i need to do anything like closer using the zoom for video i have like a it's a uh, i don't remember what it is 18 to 24 or something or 18 to no, 18 to, 24 to 70. It's 24 to 70. That's it. It's yeah. an F4, 24 to 70. So it, it gets decently wide, decent zoom, not a ton, but it's it's pretty reliable. But I'm going to need something more than that. Um, we keep watching for a good, a good like 200 mil, 300, something in there. Mm-hmm. But they get so expensive because you're going to end up with like a 55 to 200, 55 to 300, and then you're going to get nothing for close up. You're going to be zoomed in way too much. <laughs> yes. it. And as soon as you want to get an 18 to a 200, an 18 to 300 or something, your price is going to double. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's switch lenses or pay a bunch more. Yeah. Which, yeah, for the close-up stuff, the iPhone seems to be doing a pretty good job. And the, the, I'm, I'm really loving the 2X mode on the, the 14 Pro. That thing has captured some good uh, some good cat shots at home. when <laughs> Just a little bit out of reach. That's a that was a very nice addition to have that you get that slight bit of zoom without really any noticeable drop in quality. And I said, Oh, you get optical quality zoom at two X on like a video or two times, because if you say X right. in a video, they get very <laughs> mad at you. So two times uh zoom 
And uh, everyone's like, no, it's not optical. They're cropping the sensor. Like, I mean, first off, Apple's words verbatim is optical quality two time zoom. So I'm just using the Apple approved lingo for their zoom levels. But I mean, I guess standard shots are already like they're 12 versus 48. So there's, there's room to work with. Yes. Their, their logic for these people who just like to be ultra technical in a video comment on YouTube is okay. Apple made the sensor larger, but because there's like, you know, four times as many sensor or pixels in it, uh, Apple had to make the pixels themselves smaller than they were on the last generation. So when you crop it into 12, that 12 megapixel photo is technically using smaller pixels than the 13 Pro, so technically could have worse results. Or at least compared to the one times zoom level on the 14 Pros. I'm like, okay, I guess technically with a bunch of asterisks, like, (laughs) yes, but Apple still has the new... Uh, the new processors on here, the new ISP on here that are still going to yield better photos than right. Yeah. The, the 13 pro did. And um, yeah. Any, any favorite tripods worth mentioning or accessories to cameras and camera gear? The absolute best tripod that I've ever gotten and will recommend to anybody until I'm blue in the face is the peak design mobile tripod peak design. Okay. They have a, a standard version, like an aluminum or something. And they have a carbon fiber one. I have a carbon fiber one. Incredibly lightweight, super small, can completely disassemble so you can clean out. Like we've taken yeah. this into the desert and gotten it full of sand um, and it just completely breaks down, super easy to clean, adjustable. They have a little snap-on spot for a key that you can use to adjust the plates on any of your cameras. Um, it even has a hidden iPhone holder. Huh. So the middle stem at the bottom, there's a little uh, a hook that you can use for a counterbalance to keep the tripod in place if you're in a windy environment, but that also you can twist it out in a little spring loaded iPhone holder comes out, snaps right into the top, no plate needed and pop your iPhone in it and impromptu iPhone. That's cool. Tripod, um, or use the plate on your camera. So that would be, I mean, if you're at home, you can right. get something way cheaper, but if you want something to travel with at all, this thing slides into the side pocket of a backpack nice. and you're good okay, to go. Cool. Um, any, any other baby topics worth uh, mentioning that I haven't thought of? I don't know. Yeah, we're really playing a lot of this by ear. I am in no way at all so far yeah. about this an expert. I've we've <laughs> looked at all these different gadget things. We've got fun stuff to play around with. And at this point, it's, it's just waiting for this thing to arrive. We still have, I feel like, I don't know how you feel because you have more time than we do. We have less time. And I, I still think there's stuff we're trying to, to nail down and figure out. Uh, I'm still like, I'm, I'm covered in sawdust cause I was at the wood shop still working on our yeah. dresser that I'm building and we still, I got to do other things in there. I want to get this, the switches swapped out and there's just a lot of little things to get taken care of. And yeah, even going to the hospital, we want to be able to bring basic, like, okay, let's bring like a, let's, the small Marshall speaker. Let's make sure we have the, like, the mm-hmm. camera that we want. Um, anything else like that. So I don't know. It's just like a lot of things running through my head and it's just waiting kind of like a, an yeah. unknown timer before any of this matters at could be all. Early could be late. It could be right on time. Yeah. You just don't know. Day. You don't yeah. know. Yeah. We're, we're mm-hmm. frantically trying to like move stuff in the storage. Cause we just, if we're realizing we have no room in this place for all this stuff that's about to happen and trying to get the, the baby room, the nursery ready and painting and all that good stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's a lot. 
Luckily, we had painted well before we even found out we were having a kid, so we painted it like a sage green color, which was you know perfect for a boy or a girl. Um, yeah. We got new carpet in, um, put in new shades, swapped out some of the light stuff, going to put in this new switches one day eventually maybe, um, and then got a rocking chair, and then I'm building a bunch of extra furniture. Faith has decorations to put up, so we're, yeah. we're getting close. Well, very cool, and yeah, congratulations. This is... Uh... Exciting time for both of us here, yeah. Yes, thank you, Craig. Congrats to you, too. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm excited for uh, my life to just drastically change. As you're listening to this, uh, it'll, yeah, I'll be very tired, I'm sure. But very excited. <laughs> yeah. uh, yep, forgetting to charge my Apple Watch. So good thing I got that Ultra with an extra long Yeah, the Ultra, life. you don't need to worry about the, the charger. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it does take longer to charge now, though. That, that threw me. Uh, I didn't think about that in my head. Uh, it still fast charges. Is it twice as long? So, like, I can charge a Series 7 from dead to 100 in, like, an hour. Is it two hours to go from zero to 100 on that thing? I don't th- I don't think so. And I-, I first threw it on. The one on my desk is not a fast charger, uh, obnoxiously, because it's the only four-charging four charging tree that I had that I like, yeah. which is the one from Hyper. So I got a MagSafe module, official, official Ma- uh, Apple Watch charger, and then two cheap pads on the bottom. But the Apple Watch charger is only regular speed, so not the fast charging for the 7. Which is super – it's so yes. slow after you get used to fast charging Apple Watch. It's, it's painful, wild. and when you wear your watch for, like, sleep tracking and stuff, you don't have, you know, no. all night to let it charge. So I, I try to throw it on there and charge. I'm like, holy crap, that's only 20%. Yeah. What's going on? Like, oh, the watch is now larger with a larger battery, and it's my <laughs> yeah. slow charger. So I have to remember to put it on the fast charger, or I'm going to be waiting a really long time. But even on the fast charger, it doesn't go quite as fast as yeah. the last one did. I have to see what Apple... I don't even know if Apple promised anything for speeds, because it was the Series 7. It was uh, 80% in 30 minutes or something crazy. Or 40 minutes, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it feels like in an hour it's fully charged from dead, because I... Um, I will kill my Series 7 by 5 o'clock most work days because I'm using it as an iPod with, like, Outcast doing podcasts to it. And if you do uh, constant audio streaming, even locally stored stuff from an Apple Watch, that's – if you want to do battery tests, that's the surefire way to kill it. <laughs> Outside of cellular. <laughs> I've downloaded this podcast over cellular on this thing. You'll see it just drop, like, in, like, 10 minutes down to, like, 20, 20% drops if you're on a bad cell connection. It's, like – that stuff's hard. <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah, the Ultra, less charging. But anyways, yeah. Well, thank you, Andrew, for your time. This has been great. Um, HomeKit Insider. What else, what else should people check out uh, to find what you're up to? Yeah, uh, HomeKit Insider. We got audio as well as video version each and every week. Drops every Monday. We've got. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, where I tweet things that are mostly irrelevant. <laughs> Uh, it's Andrew underscore OSU, uh, or just follow me, follow Apple Insider. I got, I write things, editorials, reviews, um, beta <laughs> news, all sorts of things. Those are the main places that you guys can find me. Awesome. And lots of baby tech reviews and coming on Apple Insider. <laughs> yes, there will be. I'm going to build out that category for us. You know, it's not like every day right. that someone on staff, you know, has a kid. So yeah, no, that's, I'm looking forward to those. Uh, trying to take the opportunity to, to fill out that backlog. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been a great uh, chat before all the mayhem begins. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, that was my discussion with Andrew. My thanks again to Andrew for his time recording this episode. And my thanks to you for your time and attention tuning in. 
As a reminder, you can support this podcast over patreon.com slash epipros or by subscribing in Apple Podcasts. With that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.